bookish most of the time podcast i'm brandy i'm kendra i'm kayla and today we are all bringing our own emily henry books we're doing our first author spotlight yes uh and we chose miss emily henry as our first author spotlight but before we jump in and discuss the books that we brought uh what are you guys reading what are you guys drinking um, I am drinking an iced coffee, homemade, so you know it tastes like water. Um, but it's pretty good. Like it's like a good, it's good flavored water. Have you guys seen the the women on TikTok who are making the water? Like they're adding like syrup and like flavored packets to their water. I I keep hearing about water TikTok, and I am not it's a on whole, it. So I don't it's a whole controversy because it's like at some point you guys aren't drinking water. Like you're water, like you're yeah. using water as like yeah, like you're using water as your base to make something. Mm-hmm. But they're like, no, like make my water, and we're like, sure, mm-hmm. okay, yeah. Interesting. I saw Alexandra post that she like the drama on water talk. I was like, yeah, what is happening. Water. It's, talk? it's becoming a thing. It's like the women who own stanley cups and then women who turn their water into literally any other drink it's starting to become a perfect circle <laughs> noted yeah <laughs> what are you reading? um what are you guys oh what am i reading yes um well i just finished turtles all the way down by john green because it was just like on libby and i was like might as well and they're turning it into a movie it's gonna be on hbo max um and i think it's gonna be a really good movie and it follows a girl who has like she's a junior in high school and she has severe anxiety and OCD so it's like her navigating that but like also trying to solve a mystery because this billionaire in her town has like gone missing and so they're trying to find him because then she'll get like a big reward like a hundred thousand dollars and that could like help her and her best friend afford college it was so good the anxiety was like too real and I saw a quote from John Green that was like this is like the most personal I've ever been because I'm writing about something that has been like affecting me since childhood. And you can just tell, like I, it, it's so take what like Jacob went through and yours truly, but like times it, it was a lot, but I loved it. And then I just started re-listening to uh party of your world by Abby Jimenez with Kayla. It's our little annual buddy re-listen and it's going good so mm-hmm. far. I mean, what else can I say about that book at this point? <laughs> Cute. Yeah, we are we are re-listening in preparation because as of the recording date of this episode, yours truly has not the audiobook has not been officially released yet. So we're listening in preparation for that coming out. So yes, only a few more days. Um, and I have, or at least this morning, I decided to switch things up, and I went to a different coffee shop today to get get myself my iced chai that I love. Right. And I'm pretty positive that they gave me a dirty chai because I'm, you drank coffee. In it. And I was like, oh God. I drank half of it before I was like, I can't do it anymore. <laughs> and I was going to have that today, but I was just like, I can't do it. So I just have water today. Um, but also, before I say anything else, I do want to give a quick little shout out because uh, today, again, as of the recording date of this episode, it is my and my husband's fifth year anniversary. We oh got married God. five years ago. Oh, yeah. congrats. Yeah. Happy anniversary. Happy anniversary. She told me this yesterday and I was like, Kayla, like, if you want to like, you know. We don't have to record on your anniversary. Like, no, no, no. It's okay. We're literally, we, we like forgot. We like just forgot. And so we're just like, oh, because we've just been so busy recently. 
And Aww. so um, we haven't like had time to do anything. And it's Easter weekend, as a, um, so we like have a lot of family in town. So we're gonna be like spending time with them. So hopefully we can do something next weekend, um, something like fun. We usually don't do like anything massive anyway. We usually just like go out to eat, you know, nothing crazy. Well, so. you guys yeah, aren't like crazy. You Mary guys aren't like other years. couples. You guys are different. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't even been married for five years. That's I know, but I know. it makes me sound like old. But you're only 22. Um, oh, you're right. I'm only 22. <laughs> no. I got married when I was 22, which is crazy. Bro, now that I think about it, I'm like, I, I'm like, that was so young. But I, I, I got married when I was 22. Yeah, crazy. I don't think I even had a credit card when I was 22. <laughs> <laughs> I was a dumbass um, when I was 22. So, but yeah. of the three of us, how old were you? Most mature, anyways. Brandy, how old were you when you got with Daniel? 21. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We've been together for six years. Not married. You guys, it's pretty much common law marriage, I think, at this point. And since I think Once you hit seven years. Is it really? Really? Yeah, if you live together with someone for seven... Well, we'll just pretend you guys have been living together the whole time. Once you live with someone for <laughs> seven years and you cohabit together, it's common law marriage. It might depend on the state, oh. but that's what I was always told. Wow, my little child brides. Crazy. <laughs> uh, happy anniversary, um, Kayla. What are you reading? Thank yes, ha- you, thank you. And I am again reading or re-listening to Party World, and I'm also reading Coach right now by Tiffany <gasps> Perry. I'm like um, halfway in. It's fun. It's a fun one. Yeah, she's getting dirtier with her spice scenes. Kayla, your face. You're like, yeah. Oh, you don't like it? No, I don't not like it. It's just, it's fine. I don't have, like, anything crazy, like, to say about it. I'm not like, this is the best book ever. I'm having a good time. And, yeah. All right, Brandy. What are you reading and drinking? I am drinking a little caramel latte uh, that Daniel made for me, which was very nice. What does your mug say? It says coffee. It says, wake up and smell the coffee. I bought it from this artist that I was obsessed with during COVID. Um, Like, she would post. She, like... Obviously, a lot of people had to transition their businesses online. I was just, like, ordering so much shit from her, trying to support her. I was obsessed with her. And she's just, like, a normal person. Isn't that weird? Wow. Like, just like us. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> she's just, like, a um, But, yeah. So, I have a little caramel latte. And I am – I stayed up really late last night reading American Queen by Sarah Simone, which I was telling Kayla about before we started recording. That book is – filthy from the start um i'm having so much fun so i'm excited to keep going yeah i heard there's a lot of pain involved in that series i always see people crying yeah and like, I, like it sounds like it should be very lighthearted, but so does priest and center insane and those all made me tear up too so yeah. like <laughs> you know like oh you're fucking a priest but oh we're also dealing with like religious trauma and stuff yeah. um so this one yeah she she's in a relationship with the vice or with the president of the United States and also the vice president of the United States. Very scandal. Very scandal. I'm like, I'm so excited right now to where I'm at right now. We got kind of her backstory of how she met both of them separately. So I'm excited to keep going. So let's, let's jump in. Let's talk about Emily. Miss Emily. Yes. Today we are doing our Emily episode, which I feel like if unless you've been living under a rock um, or you're just a random person who stumbled upon this podcast episode, you 
probably know who Emily Henry is. Um, but if you don't, uh, Emily Henry is the New York Times bestselling author of eight novels, which a lot of people don't realize that she actually started in the young adult space. So she, in her young adult book, she's written, uh, her debut was The Love That Split the World. She also has When the Sky Fell on Splendor or Splendor, I don't know. Um, Hello Girls, which is a co-write she did, which co-writes I feel like can go like either way because it's like you might love one author, you might not like the other. Um, and then the only white book of hers that I've personally read is A Million June, A Million Junes, which has been described as like baby bee tree, but with magical realism. I really want you guys to read it because it's so good. It's like crazy good. I was this close to reading it. And then I saw a video of Gracie sobbing on TikTok oh, to it. Yeah, like, yeah, I yeah. <laughs> no, I, I definitely, uh, it's a journey. Like, <laughs> it's really good. And I think, like, if you've read A Million Junes, like, I am convinced that she, like, wrote A Million Junes and then immediately wrote Bee Tree. Like, I feel like they have to coincide because there's just too many, like, similarities. And, like, the characters are dealing with a lot of similar problems. Um, so those are her young adult novels. And then she made her adult debut with Bee Tree in 2020, followed by People Meet on Vacation, Book Lovers. And um, by the time this episode comes out, Happy Place will have been out in the world. So she has four adult novels. And she seems to be on this, like, a book a year cadence mm-hmm. right now, which, like, we read a lot of indie romances. So we're like, a book a year? Right four, right? Yeah. Like, you know, like, <laughs> indie authors, like, they can push out. Like, Devony Perry, someone who we all read like doesn't she publish like six books a year she averages six a year that's, that's insane crazy. um but to be in the traditional space and publishing like a book a year mm-hmm. i think is still yeah. pretty impressive mm-hmm. um and like yeah. emily henry's really having a moment right now she just like i think all of her adult romances have been optioned for movies i think people we meet on vacation is like the furthest along and it's pre-production process like they have a director uh there's rumors of like who the cast will be it's been really interesting to like watch and we're about to spend like an hour gushing or however long gushing over her work like we've all had some sort of personal connection i'm pretty sure emily henry is how i ended up on kayla's for you page Mm -hmm. in the first place um but i like we've been having this conversation recently as i've like watched her like rise of success and though i feel like it is very like well-deserved um she's being positioned as like the face of romance which I don't know if I like fully agree with that because if you look at Emily Henry's books they're all about cis straight white individuals who are usually slim um able-bodied like pretty Mm -hmm. like people that we've seen represented in media time and time and time again whereas there are so many authors both marginalized and not who are just like constantly writing characters to be both um, diverse and inclusive. Like I think a good example is like Helen Huang who has mm-hmm. an amazing series with um, what is that series officially called? Is it called the, the Kiss, Kiss Potion Potion series? series? Yeah. yeah. yeah um, usually all Asian, Asian American characters all have, well not all, but like a lot of her main characters have some form of autism. That's beautiful. Chloe Lise has autism and all her characters mm-hmm. will usually have some form of autism or they'll have some sort of um, disability they'll or impairment. Neurodivergent. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or like Kennedy Ryan, who has, uh, who has probably been in the romance space longer than Emily Henry is like constantly writing like black romances and like all different types of um, characters within 
her book. So while I'm like, yes, Emily Henry, I'm, I'm glad that she's having this moment. I really hope that as romance continues to dominate that other authors uh, also get like a piece yeah. of the pie and like a piece of the marketing budget. Like, I don't know. It's just weird to me. I'm seeing like Emily Henry do like this beautiful photo shoot. And I'm like, I don't know if someone like Abby Jimenez, let's say, would like be given that same mm-hmm. opportunity. So um, yeah, I think there's definitely like we've been having this conversation amongst the three of us and with our close bookish friends for a while now. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's it's interesting too just how how her fan base talks about her. And we consider yeah. ourselves part of her fan base. Like, would you use the same words to talk about other authors that you're using to talk about Emily yeah. Henry? Like, it, it's yeah, and like we've checked ourselves, yeah, and we're like, like I will call like Emily Henry like mother, and I'm like. I wouldn't, I've never considered calling Abby Jimenez, who I've like come to like become a huge fan of, like mother. So then I'm like, well, how, like, how is Emily Mm -hmm. Henry only as successful? Because, Mm -hmm. you you know, I mean, let's be honest, she is a, she's an objectively attractive, seemingly straight white woman. So I think it's easy to like position someone like that as the face of something because it's, um, what's the word, like palatable? Mm -hmm. It's like easy to consume by mass audiences. And I think like she probably, next to Colleen Hoover last year had some of the best-selling romance books. And that's kind of hard because mm-hmm. Colleen Hoover, like if you look at the New York Times bestseller list, it's like yeah, all Colleen Hoover. Yeah. yeah. So the fact that Emily like was able to make it onto that list is um, oh, incredible, right? But yeah, I don't know. I just, I want, and I, this is something I would need to get better at too. And I hope that as we continue this podcast, we'll like spotlight so many other authors, especially ones that like we just mm-hmm. mentioned. Um so yeah, I don't know. I think it's just like a very interesting conversation. I didn't want to do this episode without like mentioning that because yeah. yeah, I think like a lot of people of color, myself included, um, we love Emily Henry, relate to her work so much. But like at the end of the day, like she's only writing like white people doing with the exception of Gus, I will never let that headcanon go. But like, no, <laughs> like I'm not stupid though. Like I know when I closed that book, like he was written to be a white man. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's definitely a conversation worth having, absolutely. Yeah, and there are just authors do, do who are simply just doing more work and, like, having more to say, too, like, touching on social issues and – I don't know. So, which is – I'm not saying Emily Henry has to do that at all, but I think when you're going to be, like, the face of something, I expect you to maybe kind of have something more to say or, like, maybe be more inclusive because you're taking up the most space in the so room at the space, moment. Yeah. Um, it's either that or publishing and marketing teams just need to get better at, like, sharing it. And being like, mm-hmm. all right, let's divide it up, which doesn't happen, unfortunately. Um, but yeah, but we love Emily Henry still. Like, I, I didn't, I don't want this to seem like oh, Kendra. No, like I'm a. No, like you said, we're about yeah. to spend an hour gushing about her work. Yeah, and about how it brought us closer together as friends, like all that stuff. Like, obviously, she's played a massive role in our journey of like reading romance, and mm-hmm. especially in the book talk community and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, th- this is these are conversations that are very important to be having, especially around, like you said, people who are taking up so much space in in any area, right? Yeah, writers, movies, actors, things like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so fantastic. Also, we will be talking about happy plays in this episode towards the end. Um, none of us bought happy plays as like our own Emily Henry book. <laughs> <laughs> uh, spoiler alert: it was not our favorite book of 
hers. Um, mm -hmm. And we'll talk about why, but that'll be later. So be at the end. Yeah. yeah if you want to skip ahead, you can. Or if you like don't want to hear anything about it, you can just cut it off once we get to the last pick. So, yeah. yeah. Before we each talk about our individual Emily books that we brought, um, I first just want to ask you guys, like, what was your first encounter with Emily Henry books? Like, how did she show up on your radar? How did you start reading mm -hmm. her? Um, I, the very first Emily Henry book that I read was People Me We Meet on Vacation. And I first read that because I had book of the month at the time. And it was an April pick. Uh, in 2021 when the book released and so I picked that because it looked interesting and um, I ended up getting my box because you know they released the the picks at the very beginning of the month and it came out like mid-April or something like that came out in May box. oh did it come out in May yeah okay, so it, was, it was one of their early mm -hmm. it was one of their early releases That's and so crazy. um so I, I got it I read it in April and I really really loved it um and so I saw that and then actually like Kendra had mentioned a little earlier that's how I kind of, you know, came across Kendra on my For You page. She was gushing about Emily Henry and how excited she was for people we meet on vacation. And so I like commented on her video and um, the rest is history. Um, <laughs> but So that's kind of how we came, like I came across Kendra. Um, and so, yeah, that's the first book that I read of hers. And then obviously after people, then I read Beach Read. And then I was super excited for book lovers. And yeah. Here we are. That's how I that's how I first uh encountered Emily Henry. Nice. What about you, Brandy? Um, I found People We Meet on Vacation because Kendra's videos about people we meet on vacation actually blew up on TikTok. That was I don't remember if I was already following you or if that was the first video, but very shortly after I started following you, you read People We Meet on Vacation and you were you loved it, you were talking about it. And um, so I picked that one up very shortly after that and I, at the beginning of getting back into reading, I was listening to a lot of audiobooks. I was reading almost nothing physically. And this was one of those books where I laid on my couch and just stared at my ceiling and listened to this audiobook straight down uh, for like a day. And yeah, so the first thing I read was People Meet on Vacation, immediately read Beach Read after that. And then yeah, read Book Lovers right when it came out earlier this year. Last year? Yes. <laughs> all right i think in terms of school years student. yeah oh i mean that's oh. that's smart yeah uh, such a teacher uh -huh. um let's see i came across emily henry okay so let me take you back it's 2017 i'm just <laughs> wow. now yeah well like i think i don't know i i think this is like kind of cool to me it's probably lame to everyone else it's 2017 i'm like super depressed in college, like going through a very tough time. I go to the Barnes and Noble. I discover Katie Catugno, like become completely like immersed in her work. Katie Catugno led me to Jennifer Niven. Jennifer Niven has this book called All the Right Places. One of my favorite books of all time. Cannot ever express like what that book did for me, mental health, all that crap. That sounds like so like dismissive. All that crap. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, and so then I followed, I was so like, I love Jennifer's writing so much and I wanted to keep up, keep up with like whenever, whatever she was going to write next. So I followed her on my personal Instagram. So then we get, got to fast forward to 2020. And uh, Jennifer, and this is something that Emily Henry does a lot too, where like every time their friends come out with a book, they like take the selfie yep. and they're like, yep. my friend has a book out. Um, so it's like, I think Beach Read came out like summer of 2020. Jennifer Niven posted a photo of her being like, Beach Read is out. Like it's 
it's amazing, like gushing about it, like gushing about Emily Henry. And like a lot of authors say that because they're friends. But I'm like, so I took note of it then. I was like, all right, like, and I just like kept seeing it every time I went to Barnes and Noble. And I would go and like pick it up in Barnes, like for all of 2020, pick it up, read the back and go, I don't, I don't know. Like <laughs> and at the time I was like only reading, um, I was only reading like YA and like starting to transition slowly. So then in December or no, it was January of Christmas break, 2020, 2021. I was at home in Texas and I got this gift card that was like $300 as a present. And I was like, I'm going to go buy a lot of books. So I went to the Barnes and Noble and I got like, they gave me like a basket and I just bought a lot of books. I was like, you know what? Might as well just pick this one up. Like, I'll I'll just see. Uh, And then I read it in January of 2021, which I think is very fitting. Uh, Like to Mm -hmm. read Beach Read in January because main character's name is January. And the rest is history. And that was like, I read this book, became obsessed with it. And I was like, what else has she written? So she had YA titles, but I was like only wanting to read adult at the time. I was like, oh, well, People's coming out in a few months. And then I just like kept tabs on people. And then again, here we are. And I have to say that before I read Vitri, the book that I read prior, like right before was The Unhoneymooners by Christina mm-hmm. Lauren. So that was like, I can go more into that later. But I just think that's like so funny looking back that like Unhoneymooners was the pick that I read right before this one. Yeah. So like slightly being influenced by book talk at the time before i had even like joined book talk myself so amazing yeah. amazing sorry for that yep. long ass <laughs> stupid no, story it's not stupid yeah. i love that like i love how because like so many of the books that i find i just i'm like oh yeah somebody recommended it to me so i read it yeah like i love when people find stuff organically i think that's very yeah and like fun. i i guess like also like the full circleness of that is in beach read Emily Henry mentions Katie Katugno. She lists um, Katie's 99 Days as like a part of the reading list for like summer-esque mm. vibes. So I just thought that was so cool because if I never had oh, read yeah. Katie Katugno, I would have never like came around to it. Connection. So yeah. yeah, like, oh, universe working together. Awesome. I don't know. Yeah. Cute. Another question. What differentiates Emily Henry from other authors to you? Like when we were talking about picking Emily Henry is our first spotlight author. We had a few authors that we were throwing around, like, because we three obviously share a lot of favorite authors. We have very similar tastes. Um, But we landed on Emily Henry because she's, for us, we just love her book so much. So what, what sets Emily Henry's writing or characters or books apart from other romance books for you? Um, well, I think a thing you hear a lot about Emily Henry's books is that she rides the line between women's fiction and romance, like very, very hard. Like with each book of hers, people are like, well, this is like, this was like more women's fiction than it is romance. Like that, I would say with probably with the exception of people, I think it's more into the romance aspect of it all. Um, and that might only be because like she writes simply from one point of view and like each one of her FMCs are going on like such a deeply personal journey within their search for love so I think that's what makes her like stand out a little bit more I mean again she's not the only one doing that but at the time I mentioned earlier like Unhoneymooners I read that right before so like when I got into Beatreet I was like oh this just like seems this seems different you read the back of Beatreet and it mentions nothing about the fact that her dad just died and she's like severely grieving like it paints it out to be this like very like fun romantic comedy like and I don't, I don't, yeah. yeah like I would never yeah. um 
put Emily Hinch, I don't know. I guess Book Lovers is, to me, a romantic comedy and a little bit of people, but like Beach Read, when people call it a romantic comedy, I'm like, guys, are we okay? Like, what do you consider? Like, <laughs> what, are we laughing what is comedy? About? Yeah, what's comedy to you? Let's like define it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think that makes sense. Especially like, I, I think of like Beach Read and Book Lovers and people like similarly to how I think about the simple wild like with the women's fiction romance you know um the writing that line like you talked about and the way that the characters that she writes how you can relate them to your life and how that how they kind of touch you in a certain way and um like Nora because I have book lovers and like the way that Nora I relate to Nora in certain ways I think that she's just able to grab onto that with a lot of her characters that she writes and a lot of people are able to connect so deeply um to like a lot of people connect so deeply to January or to Gus or to Nora you know what I mean and so I think that that's a big piece of of um why she's such a um big player for a lot of people um so yeah yeah, I think she writes more literary than a lot of other romance authors would. Like, comp- I, that's like what I would make that argument. Like, she relies heavily on like literary devices like throughout her work. Um, it's not so like straight to the point, like and simple. I don't know if that makes sense, but like for her to be writing from the first person and still be as like literary as she is, I think is like pretty impressive. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I for me like there's every time I read one of her books or at least it was my experience with beach read people and book lovers. Like while I was reading it, like there would just be lines or paragraphs or sections of the book that just felt like punched me in the stomach. Like just, I I don't know. She, she can pack such a punch with her words. And, and I think that is leaning into what you were saying, Kendra, like because she writes so literary and like, I don't know. And what you were saying, Kayla too, like it, it makes you feel seen. Right. So um, I just think that they're Emily Henry's really good at making really small moments that could pass people by in their day to day life feel very, very large, um, yeah. in the context of the book, right? Like our friend Sam is obsessed with this one paragraph where it's just about Gus leaning on a door frame. I love that, and it's like, oh gosh, yeah, yeah. It's so, so like, good. and like that is just like it feels so small, right? Like. But it's so huge. And I think there's moments of that in all of her writing. And yeah, mm-hmm. that's that's what sets her apart for me is I feel like I get punched yeah. in the stomach. <laughs> it's like, you know how people will say like, I just could never find the words to like describe X, Y, and Z. I feel like she, she'll she find the words. Mm-hmm. She'll find yeah, yeah. the metaphor and or the simile. And then you'll be like, oh, that's what I have been feeling my entire life. That's what I've been trying to say. But I just never like would have put those words to that feeling. She knows how to string a sentence together. I think about this with Jessa Hastings too, like, and Emily Henry, like I'll I'll read something and I'm like, does that, is that actually how your brain works? Like, is that what's going on inside of your head? Or do you take an idea and sit and play with it and work it into something that feels like this? Because if that's just how your brain works, I, it it must just be wild to be in there. Especially like Jessa Hastings who wrote the Magnolia Parks series that we're like obsessed with she I, i'm i've always said she has something else going on up there because like how she, she describes does. love i'm like girl like are you okay like let's sit down <laughs> but it's it's yeah. beautiful it's heartbreaking yeah. yeah 
some authors I'm Love just it. like is that what's really is that what's going on up there like and then I'm like am I dumb like my <laughs> I'm like my brain's just like open door yeah. walk through door <laughs> like what is happening open door um, walk through door <laughs> go use the bathroom wipe right, yourself <laughs> I'm a my students always joke that I'm an NPC and they make me go every time I walk into a room they go hi and then I have to do it back hi <laughs> And then Emily Henry will be like walking into the room, something, something. Like she'll paint this big metaphor, and you'll be like, "Oh my god, that's literally how I thought about that's it the entire how time." I, that's, that's how I, how I feel doors. about walking. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Uh, with those questions answered, let's dive into her books, and we're gonna go in publication order of her new adult novels. So, um. Spoiler warning for these books, obviously, if you haven't read certain books, you can skip ahead to the others, etc., etc. We're going to start with Beach Read, which is Kendra's forte. So I Who's shocked? Like, imagine yeah. if I picked any other, like, um, Emily Henry book, I think the world would, like, clap. But it is crazy, because, like, I think when I started to, like, gain a lot of traction on Book Talk was with people we meet on vacation. So, like, it, I love hearing, like, They'll be like, oh, like I either read like either or or both because of you. And it's interesting to see like which one. Um, so yeah, my pick is Beach Read, my baby. Oh my god. I love this book so, so, so much. Um, it's just it's just so good. So good. It's so good. Uh so Beach Read follows. This is going to be like a rough summary. Beach Read follows two former college classmates uh, slash rivals turned authors as they agree to spend the summer writing books in the other's preferred genre. And uh, they are spending they are like next door neighbors as this is happening. And it's told from the perspective of January Andrews, uh, who's like 28, 29 at the time. And the book picks up with her having just lost her father. Uh, like a few months back and so she's been really like reckoning with that and because it turned out that her dad had this pretty big affair while he was married um to january's mom and january is a person who has like she set out she has always planned like what her life was going to look like like she keeps telling this story of her life to herself and so obviously within that story uh, her parents had this like perfect marriage and like when challenges came up such as like you learned that her mother had cancer like twice they would like overcome them like she was meant to be sort of like the hero that like you know everything will work out at the end so then her dad dies she finds out that like her parents essentially like lied to her for a big chunk of her life um so she's like reckoning with that and like realizing that like oh like the story I have been telling myself is just a story and that uh people are incredibly flawed and it's just like her journey dealing with that and then falling in love with my baby, Gus Everett. Um, and so they're writing in each other's preferred genre. January writes like romance slash women's fiction and Gus writes um, literary fiction. And I have been like trying to like place like which authors in real life would like they represent Yeah. for Gus. And it's simply because I'm scared. of like- <laughs> No, no, no. I don't be. Okay. Um, well, I don't know. Maybe for Gus, I view him as like the author of um, a little life because oh. like they write how like oh my god 
because okay there's a few reasons why a he's like always writing about like tragedy and like pain and like you know this is the real world like da 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 you know (laughs) and there's a moment in (laughs) like while in b-tree like you get um glimpses of like their books that they're writing and in one of his books he like or in the book he's probably writing uh his care he kills off his characters by and they get hit by a semi-truck and spoiler alert in a little life that happens like and it's pretty brutal oh Oh, yeah yeah it's like it's devastating (laughs) um and i feel like though that's the type of book that gus would write and people would like lose their mind over it like he has a lot of critical acclaim and then for january i don't know i have such a hard time because i don't want to well i think she is kind of like a self-insert for emily henry i feel like all her characters to some degree are um but I was like, outside of Emily Henry, I feel like January would be like a K.A. Tucker. Like she's mm-hmm. has like a pretty nice backlist, but like she's not like the top mm-hmm, romance right. author. At, like she's actually pretty like she's kind of struggling. And <laughs> she talks about like the money that like she makes off of her advances and like trying to like make that stretch. And I'm not saying K.A. Tucker is like a struggling author. I just think <laughs> like how <laughs> I think like how she is like viewed and like the connections that she has with her readers and that she talks about. That's how I would place her and someone's probably listening mm-hmm. to like kendra you are so fucking stupid no <laughs> um um so a big reason why i love beach read so much is it really has to do with like when i read it i just read it at like the right time in my life and um i wonder if that happens for people like is it because i read it at the right time or was it because it was my first i i don't know i'm gonna lean more towards that i read it at the right time because I started this book in Texas. I was like dealing with this like really in hindsight shitty guy. And we had like this is like a a situ I hate this word, situation ship that had like spanned it years at this point. We had like I've known this kid since like elementary school, but it was just like not healthy in any way. And I think it was like just depleting me of all like self-worth and like self-esteem and just like making me like look just so like down on myself. So I'm like going through that. I'm in Texas. I read like the first half of Beach Read. I have to drive all the way back to California. So I have to put a pause into Beach Read. And I, the, it's just something happened like with that guy. And I was like, so like, what am I doing? And then I get home. Uh, I like sleep off the trip. Immediately the next day, wake up, read all of Beach Read. And I was like, I have never been in love before, right? But I know what love isn't because of the books that I read where I see other characters and them describing the love that they feel. And I was like, look at what January and Gus just went through and like how they kept showing up for each other and they didn't give up Mm -hmm. on each other. And like, it it was just so beautiful. And I was like, that's, I might not get that, but I, I don't deserve what I'm getting currently. So I need to like make some some changes, and I did, and I blocked his number, and yeah, yes. so meaningful when like the that. stuff in books can mirror what's going on in your real life, and like yeah, ugh, that's so it, and like this was like pre me like making videos on book talk or anything, so like I think that's like another reason why it's just like so special because like at in the time isolation. like it was in isolation, and the only opinion about this book that I had was my own, and mm-hmm. I and. Again, I had just read The Unhoneymooners before this. So, like, <laughs> I was really blown away because I thought I went into this book thinking that it was just going to be a happy-go-lucky time. And then I was just completely, like, my shit was, like, rocked. Um, this book is, like, very 
painful at times. January's journey is so, I get like thrown off and we talked about this previously in an episode when people say that this book is like grumpy sunshine because like, yes, like Gus is like a pretty, like he's a pretty grumpy guy, but like, I, I would never like, I feel like that term can sometimes be, um, can hinder characters and like puts them in a box that, like they don't believe the belong in. Cause like I would never, if someone were to ask me like to describe Gus, I don't think grumpy would be like the first word that would come to mind for me. Cause he's just so much more than that. And so, and with January, like she's not a sunshine character. She's ex sunshine. Cause she's just like having this huge reckoning in her life. And she's like pretty down in the dumps, but I knew this book was like going to have a pretty big impact from like the first sentence because January opens up the book and she's like, I have a fatal flaw. And in the copy that I have now, this is the second copy that I annotated. I was like trying to like reread it as if I was like reading it the first time. So I wrote down questions I remember myself asking while reading. And as when she says like, I have a fatal flaw, I was like, what is my fatal flaw? You turn the fucking page. She lists my fatal flaw. She's like, or maybe you're like me. You're a hopeless romantic. I was like, bitch, shut the fuck up. Like, <laughs> stop. <laughs> no, like dead ass. And like this whole thing about how she like tells herself like the story of her life, like she romanticizes everything. I struggle with that like to a fault. Like I do it too much where like it is painful. Like I, it's, it's, I end up getting hurt more when like the story I tell myself does not come true. Um, and I think my best friend Madison can tell you, like, yeah, if Kendra, Kendra will tell you everything that she wants to happen. And then if it doesn't go the way she wants it to, like, big or small, like, she, I can't function mm-hmm. sometimes. Uh, and then I also really loved, which is an aspect of the book that I don't think gets talked about a lot, is January has a best friend called Shoddy, or I don't, I think that's how you pronounce her name. Is it Shoddy? I think so. We'll just say it. it's that for the sake of this conversation. They do this thing that you learned about early on where they um they give the guys that they have hooked up with nicknames and at the time again like going back to like emily henry like describes things or like makes little things big that to me was a little thing being turned big because i was like wait me and my best friend do that all the time guys i have a whole <laughs> not a whole <laughs> roster but like i have a <laughs> roster of like just funny nicknames to like remember and i just thought that was like it was just so heard, relatable i've heard a few i've heard a few um yeah they're they're funny uh, <laughs> uh oh my gosh now i'm thinking of some but i won't say them so yeah i really love january's friendship with shoddy i i love platonic relationships in books that's not new here so i thought they had a really good one and also like you're seeing january fall in love at the same time her best friend is falling in love even though we're not like with the best friend it's like just them talking on the phone and i'm like this is how i communicate it's with so my best friend cute. too right yeah. like it's just Ugh. it's just so good and then obviously like we meet gus and I could just spend forever talking about him. And like, I, I struggle to talk about him. I feel like, cause I just will never, anything I say, I feel like will not, um, will be not enough. be enough. Yeah. But I will say the thing that I think about the most in this book. So Gus is like a very, when we meet him, like, so January, we established that January writes romance, women's fiction, Gus writes literary fiction. And so he has this thing where he's like, you know, we don't get happy endings, January. Like he, the reckoning that January is coming into, Gus is already like, he he seems like, it appears when you first meet him that he's known this all along, right? Like, life, like, life just is oh. not going to work out, right? Poor Gus. Um, yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> so you like, you, he is like just that guy so I thought you know that's gonna be his thing the whole time 
And the thing that I look forward to the most when people tell me that they're going to read this book is when they get to the part of uh, you find out that Gus has been married. That's the part I think about the most. It's the part I'm most excited for because it made him a completely different character in my mind. And I'm just Absolutely. obsessed with the way There's that Emily Henry. so much context. Right? Like, I'm obsessed with the way that Emily Henry reveals information. And I think she does it. My favorite time she does it is in this book and in People We Meet on Vacation. Um, but once I found out he was married, yeah, you go back. And I think he, like, jokes about, like, own, having already have owned a tux. And you're like, okay, like, it's probably for whatever. But then you find out he's been married. And it's like, oh, it was probably the tux, like, for his wedding. Uh, and you find out he was married, got divorced, his ex-wife cheated on him. So you have this guy who you're like, oh, like, he doesn't believe in love. But no, he did believe in it. And he, like, tried. And it didn't work out. And the saddest part is, is that he was like begging her to take him back. He was like willing to work through it. Like this man was cheated on. And it was just rough. And I was thinking about this before we started this episode. Uh, One thing that we love about Emily Henry's books, especially the first three, is that all of her character, all of her love interests feel like soulmates, all of her couples. Harriet and Wynne will get there. Um, they (laughs) They feel like soulmates. And I felt that with January and Gus, but then I'm like, you know what's crazy? January, who is also just now getting out of a relationship as well in this book, her boyfriend broke up with her in a hot tub, which I think is just like kind of funny, but like also really fucked up. Mm-hmm. And she was like, again, like with this guy, like painted out their whole life. And then he turned out not to be like who she thought um, he was going to be in her life. But I'm like, if he never broke up with her, she would have stayed. She would have lied to herself the entire time. Would have been like, this is the life that I'm supposed to be living. Like, yeah, we're going through something hard, but like, we'll get through it. And I'm like, same with Gus. If his wife would have taken him back, I don't think he would have ever trusted her again. But he would have been like, you know, this is someone finally picking me. And that's his whole thing is that like, no one, no one chose him. And then January, uh, January finally did. Yeah. And a, a big part of this book, is January dealing with her, the loss of her dad and finding out that he had this big affair. And a quote that I really love from this book that again made Emily Henry's writing send out so much is January is like attempting to write her novel for the summer. And she goes, the first time she met the love of her father's life was at his funeral. That is just like such a God tier line. And in this book, you uh, January, she gets like letters that her father wrote to her and is like explaining pretty much like everything he did and how remorseful he is. And uh, if you've read a million Junes, which uh, not you guys, obviously one day, but the people listening, if you've read a million Junes, uh, the letters in that book play a really big, a really big role. So uh, the letters in this book, I think are also another one of my favorite parts because they're just so good. I'm so in love with the idea of like idolizing and loving somebody your entire life and then after they pass away dealing with the fact that they weren't who you thought they were because for so long we can like I don't know especially once somebody's passed away we only really talk about the good parts of them right yeah so that exploration in Beach Read was so special to me of being like you still love your dad obviously Mm -hmm. all the great parts of your dad you're still in love with those parts um but also having to reckon with like he's not infallible yeah and Mm -hmm. like 
I like January. I'm a huge daddy's girl. Like I Mm -hmm. love my dad so much. I think he's like the best dad ever. But even like just getting older, I've learned things. And I'm like, wait, what? (laughs) You did what? Like, I I think, (laughs) yeah. And you're like, (laughs) what are you like, huh? (laughs) And luckily, like, unlike January, like if I do have a question about it, I can like ask him and like hopefully get answers. But like, I am a little worried of like, you know, when that, God forbid that time comes, Mm -hmm. like, I don't know what I'm going to find out. Um, hopefully it's not, you know, that he had an affair <laughs> and like had a whole house with his mistress that oh <laughs> he left God. for me. Um, so yeah, uh, again, I don't want to take up t- a too, too much time with this because we have to get to the other picks, but I love Beach Read. I can talk about it forever. I have talked about it with so many people. I have so many of just so many favorite parts. It's, it's just a beautiful romance. January and Gus, like they, watching them fall in love is beautiful finding out that Gus has kind of been obsessed with her for years has been keeping tabs on her for years like I love I love that too because I think we I mean I don't know about y'all but I have a person from college like it's not even like a romantic thing it's just like there's a person from college who I'm always like keeping tabs on on. yeah Yeah, because I'm like how are they doing compared to how I'm doing (laughs) um and obviously for January and Gus it led to them falling in love so before we move on I want you to flip to a random tab in your book. Tell us what the tab is and tell us why you tapped it. Okay. Okay. Um, yeah, you, you just I like, have, yeah. I had yeah, these don't look. And, uh, so. Just random tab. What do we got? What do we, what do we got? <laughs> um, <laughs> it's, it's the, the quote that we mentioned earlier that our friend Sam is obsessed with. Oh, perfect. So, oh, Perfect. It's so good. She goes, now I wondered if he was simply tired, if life had beaten him into a permanent slouch, folded him over himself so no one could get at that soft center, the kid who dreamed of running away on trains and living in the branches of a redwood. And then they like had this little like flirty banter afterwards where she's like, it's good to see you. And she's like, you already said that. And he's like, yeah, I did. But what's so funny is that um, next to that, the original quote that I read, I wrote seven, Taylor Swift. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, though. Because that's like, that was good. Like, because Gus had like such a hard relationship with like his family growing up. And like, he just wanted someone to like choose. Like, he just wanted love. And he finally got it. He finally fucking got it. They're having a baby. (laughs) They're having a baby. And also like, I think it's pretty obvious that January and Gus like are her favorite couple. Like hands, they get mentioned in every book somehow, yes. some way. Like sometimes I'll be looking for like reading um, Happy Place, especially. I was like, you know, like we're four books in. Like I wonder if she's gonna mention like the others. Uh, but January and Gus are also like the easiest because mm-hmm. they're the authors, so they'll have the most like. Yeah. It's just easiest. Oh, like we can be reading a January Andrews book, and it's just uh, it's so good. Yeah, I love this book so much. Um. If anyone wants to ever talk about it, you can slide into my DMs on Instagram. I shove this book down everyone's throat all the time, but also kind of scared because it's a book where I'm like, I can't hear anything negative about it. Like, I think this book is like perfect. Like, I wouldn't change a single thing. So, yeah. Also, like the chapters have titles. I love that. It's so it's so good. And okay, I'll say this and then I'll shut up. On my you can find my original Goodreads review. And I said Something like it was so short too. 
it was like I love when a romance novel doesn't feel like a romance novel, but it's still so uh, quintessentially a romance novel. Because I think I don't know. I just that's how this book felt felt to me. Because also a lot of this book is like Emily Henry exploring romance as a genre. Because uh, Gus is writing it, and so January is explaining like how certain things work and like these big like moments that people expect or like a happily ever after, and then also before you get to like the time jump at the end of this book, which I guess could be considered the epilogue, January just says, you know, I'm happy for now. So she's like living in the moment, which is something she struggled with a lot. She would just plan ahead so much and she's happy for now, which is so crazy because I just finished that John Green book and their whole thing was your your now is not your forever. So it's interesting to see how people can like Mm -hmm. contrast the two and how certain people need one or the other. Um, I think I definitely need to embrace the happy for now. Well, I guess it depends on the day because sometimes I get so stuck in a moment where I'm like, I need to get out of it. So, all right. that That's my pick of Beach Read. <laughs> I love it. That was great. I love it. Thank you, Kendra. Thank clap. you. Clap, clap. <laughs> clap, clap. <laughs> all right. Next up, People We Meet on Vacation, which as Kendra had mentioned, is the one that's probably closest to the the movie coming out it's it's furthest along in its pre-production so that one belongs to brandy today although her her favorite is book lovers which is what i i brought today but yeah uh, we also love people i like when we were talking about like we should bring our favorite emily henry books and kayla and i both said book lovers i I had no issue with being like oh i'll bring people like i love this book so fucking much like i I love this book so much. So, um, yes, Book Lovers is my favorite, but both of these are in my God tier of all-time books. So, no problem bringing a beach read, or excuse me, People We Meet on Vacation. People We Meet on Vacation follows two college best friends they meet at freshman orientation, um, and it follows them over 12 years, and it's Poppy Wright and Alex Nielsen. Poppy is very much like wild carefree wants to experience the world wants to like you know do everything possible that she can do with her life she wants to live every single moment out loud and Alex is kind of the opposite in a lot of ways he's happy with what he has he just wants to make a good life he's happy with his quiet life he's from Ohio that's like such a funny thing in this book quiet to me. life yeah. <laughs> that's like such a funny part of this to me is like how Bobby and Alex they find out that they're from like almost like like neighboring towns like they went to high schools right next to each other but they met in Chicago when they were at the University of Chicago and Alex is just like yeah I liked growing up in Linfield like that was a great place to raise a family and blah blah, blah. and Poppy like fucking hated it and that's just like so them um, but it why is that me with Kayla about Kansas City? You know what? I love Kansas City. Uh, I'm like, you've never been there, yeah. <laughs> at least, at least Poppy can say it with her chest because she lived there. All right, that's all. Soon, that's all. But Poppy and Alex, while they become best friends in college, decide that every summer they're going to take a trip together forever. The two of them, a best friend trip, and. It can be big. It can be small. Like one time they just go to Nashville and they drive there. It's only eight hours away. Other times they fly across the world. Like every summer they're going to plan a trip together. They call it the summer trip. And it's told in dual timelines and you get to experience each of their vacations with them, which I like, I love this. I, for me, dual timeline. Yeah. Dual timeline is so hard for me because I'm really, really impatient as a person and I want to know everything now. 
Um, it's why I really struggle with like mysteries and stuff like that. But uh, this one was done so well that it didn't even bother me because I was, we were jumping back and forth and like, of course you want to see them now, but I was so invested in there before that I loved it. So they especially because they're like in different locations in every before yeah. it makes it just yeah. so much more fun you it was know so I mean? smart they're in a new place about yeah. all these different vacations exactly like experiencing new things meeting new people and people who mean on vacation huh um, whoa <laughs> whoa <laughs> um, but yeah so they had a falling out um like two years ago but poppy is going is like determined to rekindle their friendship so she's going to go with alex to his brother's wedding in palm springs this summer that's all the present days like them together in palm springs and trying to like rekindle their friendship uh it turns out the reason that their friendship fell apart is because alex confessed his feelings for poppy um two years ago they shared a kiss and then poppy like tried to play it off as like yeah and like I and so he was really hurt and she freaked out and they just barely talked for two years and watching them rekindle their friendship and present is just like so beautiful because it's almost like the dual timelines are moving at the same pace we're watching them Mm -hmm. find each other through these chapters at the same time which I just like like find each other in the first place and then find each other again which I just loved and the tension in this book is so good. Like all these small <laughs> things that if you're doing with just a friend, like, yeah, that's just friend behavior. But Poppy and Alex aren't just friends. So yeah, I'm a, I'm a friends to lovers truther. And this book is just like a perfect example of it. It really is. Yeah. So the parts of this book that like I love, I love Poppy. I know she's like kind of hit or miss with a lot of people. I love I her personally, too. Yeah. yeah. She, my headcanon fan cast for her, which will never happen in the actual movie. I'm aware of this. I'm not delusional, but she's Lawrence Pugh in my head. Um, and Alex is Callahan Scockman, which I think is actually going to happen, which is incredible. I'm really uh, excited. Yeah. Guys, yeah. when I read this book, I pictured Andy Samberg the entire time. That's funny. Yeah, it was because of the is movie it be- Palm it was Springs. It because, yeah. yeah, I was gonna say it's because they're literally in Palm Springs. Yeah, it, but like Andy, like Andy, like seven years ago, He's fine. get him in that. Yeah, get him in that room right now. He would have been in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but there's so many small moments in this that I love. Um, some of the big ones that stick out to me. Kendra said that she there's a, like one part that she's always really excited for people to get to. For me, I wish I had a recording of myself the first time that I read the chapter where Poppy's sick and Alex oh, shows up to her apartment to take yeah. care of her. I I was like clawing at my couch, like feral. Like I was, I loved it so much. Like the part where she, oh my God, yeah. I don't, I don't know. She's like sick. She has a fever. <laughs> she doesn't know what's real and what's not. And he's like holding her. And she's like, you were supposed to go because she's missing one of their vacations and she told him just to go. And he's like, I would never go without you. Like the the point of these vacations isn't to go to these places. It's to be with you. And he like really opens up about the passing of his mom and how that affected him um, during this time. And I, I just, I love that chapter so much. And I think it, the tension in it is just incredible, even though she literally like pisses the bed. Like it's, it's not like, but what that's like think. love, right? That's like, what I'm saying, right? Like that, yeah. like, like he didn't even blink at it. Like he just wanted to be there for her and take care of her. And that scene for me is huge. Um, 
I also think of the scene in Italy a lot when they went on a couple's trip for the first time. Like Alex brought his girlfriend at the time and she brought her boyfriend at the time. And she has a pregnancy scare there and she doesn't tell, she only tells Alex about it. She doesn't even tell her boyfriend about it. And they just like, he's like in fixer mode. He's like, okay, let's go get you tests. They take the test together. It didn't happen. It reminds me so much of that scene from normal people, which I don't think either of you have read normal people. I've Um, watched it. Okay. They're like, not the pregnancy scare portion of it, but when they're in Italy (laughs) in normal people as well, it's, it feels so significant because in both of those books, they're there with their couples. That's not each other. And they go through this huge thing and they just gravitate towards each other. And then Alex is so freaked out about it afterwards that he gets a vasectomy. (laughs) Yeah. Well, also like, that's why I love the vasectomy so much. Cause, and I'm also like, I get so annoyed when I see TikToks of people like, guys, he got a vasectomy for her. And I'm like, okay, yes, but let's backtrack. Um, his mother died during childbirth. Childbirth. So like when he sees that Poppy could potentially be pregnant and he like associates pregnancy with death, like I would be fucking terrified too. He would never want that to happen. And Poppy was terrified. It wasn't like she was like excited. Like, yeah. yeah. There's so much more happening there. Alex is just like such a soft, sweet boy. And like Poppy is just constantly pushing him out of his comfort zone. And I just... It's, like, really special to watch. Again, I know we've said this, like, three times, but she takes really small moments and makes them feel huge. Like, them dancing in New Orleans, and he picks up beads off the ground and wears them. Um, He showed his titties. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) But, like, that moment, like, Alex, there's just things that Alex does with Poppy that he would never do with anybody else. And I don't ever want to read it because I don't want to watch him be in love with somebody else. But I just am so curious what he was like in his relationship with Sarah, um, Mm. who's his girl on and off girlfriend throughout this book, who always, Poppy and her always had a tumultuous relationship because it's clear to everybody besides Poppy that Alex and Poppy are in love. But yeah, it, it makes me so curious because they're so, Alex would never do half the things he does without Poppy. Yeah. And I think it's really beautiful when you can be with somebody who brings out not necessarily the best in you, but like a part of you that is worth people seeing. Like, because yeah. I think the best of Alex are the parts of him that are like really true to him. Like he is loyal. He's dependable. He is always going to be there. He is steadfast. And I think those parts of Alex are what makes him irreplaceable but like yeah. there's also another part of him that's worth seeing and worth being around and that part he's very he's funny yeah, yeah he's really goofy oh my god and the quote that sticks out to me is when he says um do you want to hear something embarrassing sometimes i think yeah. you invented me <sighs> i don't know but yeah i just i just love this book so much and i love them so much I think I need to reread now that we're talking about it. I know. As you're talking, I'm like, I haven't read that. I haven't read that one in a long time since its publication year. So I think I need to, need to reread. I will say, I think it's the, um, before Happy Place has come out, I think people was like the least adored or the one that I would see Mm -hmm. the most like mixed reviews on. stars on Goodreads. (gasps) Yeah. Which, which I think was, I don't know. It's pretty interesting because like I read it, loved it. Um, I thought it was so, – I, like, read it in a day. Yeah. I thought it was so good. But then I started to see other people. And, like, I think some people's reasons for, like, not liking it, it really just, just come – it comes down to, like, personal taste, right? Like, they – it's mm-hmm. – I don't like friends to lovers or, uh, like, how you are mentioning, Brandy, like, I don't like the – 
past and present. Like some people just can't vibe with that. Some people don't like the buildup of like the kiss, which I personally thought was done really well because that was just like the straw that broke the camel's back. I think what really fractured their relationship was the pregnancy scare. Um, And that couple's trip in Italy yeah, so. I think exactly. Like, it's not like a singular isolated kiss between two true friends are what destroyed their friendship. Mm-hmm. It's this longing that Alex has felt for literally, he's been in love with Poppy since they met. And he's yeah. always prioritized their friendship, as has she. She's been in denial about her feelings. Alex has not. Alex is very aware of what he's feeling all the time. And that single isolated kiss wasn't what destroyed their friendship for the for that those two years it was the fact that alex has been shoving these feelings deep down forever he finally left he finally trusted and felt safe enough to share those with poppy and felt like it was like this is the time and then she was like haha i'm drunk are you drunk and he i just had the page open and i closed it of course but um he's like don't touch me right now poppy and she's like why are you so mad and he's like because i meant it uh it's so they're so cute <laughs> I, I, when I was reading this book or just like a, what I also love about this book is Brandy, you kind of talked about how the timelines are like kind of going at the same pace with like tension building up in the present. I always like loved reading about, I mean, Poppy didn't love it, but how, when they plan the trip for Palm Springs, she's got like everything figured out, she thinks she has everything figured out what they're going to do and everything just like goes wrong. Like, almost yes. nothing goes right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, there's no AC in their room. Um, It's mm-hmm. one bed, right? And mm-hmm. it's one metro. We love that. Mm-hmm. Um, And so, like, nothing is going right. And she's just, like, freaking out internally because she wants it to go perfectly. She wants their friendship to get back on track. You know what I mean? And so she's like, "I this has to be right. This has to be perfect. And nothing is happening as it should. Yeah. And so then it all kind of comes to, the, comes to a head in this one scene. And I don't know. I love I loved that portion, the the present chapters where nothing is going as she planned. And it ends up actually kind of working out. At least for a time. At least for a time. Another thing in this book that I love building off what Kayla just said is out like there's so many inside jokes in this book. And in the present chapter, we watch them become inside jokes in the past chapters. And then in the present chapters, Poppy's trying to reference them with him to be like, haha, remember this, like this joke. And he's pretending, well, we don't think he's pretending because we're Poppy's head. We think that he doesn't remember any of this. And she's just kind of like heartbroken at that because she's like, oh, these things that meant so much to me, he doesn't remember. And then you find out that he was trying to preserve himself and his own feelings. He remembered everything. Uh, He was just pretending that he didn't remember. So good. I also really like Poppy's personal journey. Like, um Mm -hmm. in this book that i think gets like the most spotlight post palm springs and it's so like it's so sad she's talking about how she's like living alone and like how hard it is to like take care of yourself when you're like by yourself like you have to like do uh yeah like do everything and like just have the mental energy to like make yourself food and i was like yep yep like yeah yeah yeah, I was like damn Emily like are you in my studio right now (laughs) like get away from me yeah yeah. similar to like what you were saying with January like going on her own journey too like Poppy's like this book I think is I would agree with you most centered on the romance of the four books that I've read of hers but Poppy is also dealing with the fact that she's achieved all of her personal goals she's living the life Mm -hmm. she always thought she wanted to live she's in New York she's writing full-time she's traveling all over the world she's getting to do all these amazing things and it's still 
not enough. Like she's not yeah. happy. And she thinks that her friendship with Alex is the only thing that's missing, but she comes to realize throughout this book that it's so much more than that. It's the realizing that the things that she thought she wanted for her life for so long aren't necessarily the things that are best for her mm-hmm. um, or what she even really wants. She's kind of been like gaslighting herself into being like, I'm happy. This is good. Everything's great. Um, yeah. it, it kind of comes crashing down when she and Alex have their present day falling out. Yeah. I, I always said that she had a destination destination syndrome because you even see when she was like a kid, like she just wanted to get out. She always thought, well, like, let me just make it to college. And when I get to college, Mm -hmm. like everything will be great. But then like college didn't feel right. So then she's like, well, let me just go here. And then like things will be great. And then like, let me just go here. And like she eventually had to like get out of that. Um, And I feel like sometimes I find myself doing the same thing because I'm always like, well, if I just like were to get to this point in my life or like have this job or live somewhere else, like then things will make sense. And then like, I get there or I do the thing and I'm like, this fucking sucks. (laughs) Like I'm still miserable. So it's not the thing. It's me. She has this line where Poppy said, I fled Ohio and then I fled the university of Chicago. And then I fled Alex. Like it was just like all she runs when things don't feel good. um, And she goes to the next destination, right? She's just running away Mm -hmm. from everything instead of dealing with like what, are the things that she needs to change in her life. She's just running from them instead of actually changing them. And I, I love, yeah. I love Poppy. Anybody who calls her annoying, you're calling me annoying. So I, I love yeah. Poppy. I think I would relate Poppy and Gus the most to one another. That airport epilogue though, you guys, that sent me into a fucking brain rot spiral. I was one. like, yeah, I was so in my copy. Still am. Like just so obsessed with like it's the I don't know why, but the Poppy and Alex cameo in that is what affected me the most. Like I loved checking in on January and Gus and seeing where they were at, and like obviously what you learn at the end of that that they're expecting a baby. Like I like fucking love that. But when Poppy was singing karaoke in the airport and Alex picked her up and hauled her away, laughing at her, and then January said those people are madly in love to Gus. Yeah. I was like, God. Aren't like January and Gus playing like siblings are dating, which again is yeah. just so it's just so funny. Like that's something that like we all do with our friends. It's just it's so fucking good. Yeah. And so he says siblings, and then she goes, Gus, those people are madly in love. <laughs> <sighs> yeah. So I love people we meet on vacation. I just think that these two, like Kendra said, like she writes soulmates so well. And these two are soulmates. They're soulmates. So they are. Love them. love them forever. Pick a random quote, Brandy, from your tabs okay. and read it out loud and why you tabbed it. Okay. Okay. So I flipped open to the chapter where they are in bail. Um, and I love this chapter so much. Um, they were discussing if they even were going to take this trip because Alex is, has a girlfriend at this time. And um, so he said... I met you, and honestly, at first, I thought it was an act. The shocking clothes, the shocking jokes, and she's joking around, like, whatever do you mean? And then he said, on our first drive back to Linfield, you asked me all these questions about what I liked and what I hated, and I don't know. I just kind of felt like you really wanted to know. And Poppy said, of course I did. He said, I know. You asked me who I was, and it felt like the answer came out of nowhere. Sometimes it feels like I didn't even exist before that, like you invented me. Oh, yeah. Love it. She said, I'm not smart enough to have invented you. No one's that smart. And then, sorry, this last part. 
He said, my point is that no one really knew me before you, Poppy. And even if things change between us, you'll never be alone, okay? I'll always love you. Oh, Alex. Cuties. Cutie. I, yeah, I, I have brain rot when it comes to them. I love them so much. All right, Kayla. Okay, so I have Book Lovers, which is my favorite Emily Henry book. And Book Lovers is about uh, Nora, uh, Nora Stevens, who was mentioned on our uh, favorite female character episode. Um, I love her so much. Yeah, so uh, Nora is kind of known for being this like cutthroat literary agent in New York City. She loves her job, unlike Poppy, she like finds a lot of fulfillment in in her job and where she lives. And her little sister and uh, her little sister Libby uh, begs her for a sister's road trip away. And they find themselves in Sunshine Falls, North Carolina. And Libby kind of has this like uh, list that she wants uh, Nora to complete while they're there. Um, things like um, go on a date with a with a local. Um, what else? I can't even remember. Wear flannel. Wear flannel. Yeah, it's like Save it's like kind business. of silly stuff. Yeah, it's it's silly stuff. Um, and so she kind of basically like wants them to be like the heroine in their own story, like their own little yeah. small town romance story. Mm-hmm. Um, and so uh, instead of like this cute small town romance that you know Libby has an idea for, uh, Nora keeps bumping into Charlie Lastra, who is a book editor. And he's also kind of known for being like cold and cutthroat and like Nora and, and uh, Charlie didn't have like the, the best uh, first meeting when they met each other. They're, they're both very similar people. They're like, it's like grumpy, grumpy is the trope in this book, which is so fun. Um, And the, the thing about this book is Emily Henry. I remember when she was doing a lot of like press for this book, she always would talk about how, she wanted to kind of turn the small town romance trope like on its head in this book. Like I said, uh, Nora and Charlie both love their lives in New York. They aren't like small town people. Sunshine Falls isn't a place where they either of them want to end up. And what's also interesting is like in Nora's previous relationships that she's had with men, they like tend to leave her for the quote unquote typical, you know, romance small town heroine thing. Like they leave her for women that aren't like her you know um and so she's kind of like a little bit um uh had you know bad uh experiences with men surrounding that so she's just like not about that you know she doesn't want that um I also love how this story revolves as much around two sisters as it does around the romance um again going back to that female character episode I talked about how I love when we love when there's um, platonic, great platonic relationships and familiar relationships with women in books. And I think that this is easily and obviously her strongest um, familial relationship in in a book that, or at least in her adult novels, I can't speak for her YA novels. Um, but yeah, the relationship with Libby in this book to me is so special. Um, I love the, the back and forth between them. Um, it was and of course they love each other, but it was also really great to see kind of the complexity of their relationship because um, Nora has kind of always been the anchor between the two and Libby's more of like 
the free spirit, which is kind of a result of how they grew up and how they were raised, like with their mom, who who initially moved them to New York um, because she wanted to be an actress, right? I believe that was Mm -hmm. what it was. And so they've kind of had, um, they had a, their mom loved them, but they were, their upbringing was a little bit, you know, tough. And like I said, Nora felt like she had to constantly care for Libby. She always had to be there for her. She always had to fix things, right? She always had to take care of her. And so I I liked kind of the complexity of that in this book. And it, it all kind of comes to a head because Nora's feeling like Libby is keeping things from her. And um, you eventually find out that the reason for this whole trip is because Libby is going to move. Um, she and her family are planning to move away from New York City. And that like affects Nora in such a huge way because she's like, she doesn't know what life is like to not care for her sister. She's like, I have this high paying job to be able to take care of you. Like, you know, she's got a baby on the way. I have this, you know, I, I have this job to be able to help you. And Libby's like, you don't have to do that. Like, you really don't have to do that. Like, I'm uh, I'm also my own person. And I, you know, we are our own family. And we can do that too. And so I think that that was... Um, what I loved about this book, I think like a massive struggle for Nora is kind of finding the balance of how much to compromise in her life for those that she loves. And um, now I'm kind of moving to Charlie. I'd also just want to say that Nora and Charlie are easily Emily Henry's most horny book characters that she's ever written. (laughs) They're so horny. I love them. I was like, what are they like? Oh, we're starting early. uh, And yeah, like, exactly. Like, exactly. Yeah. They like normally like in, you know, quote unquote average romance books or at least traditionally published romance books, the tension is building up between the two characters for like, you know, 60 to 70% of the book until they kiss. <laughs> Whereas this book, they kiss within the first 100 pages. Um they in chapter 8, they make out against a door. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> in the rain. Okay. Yeah, in chapter 15 they go skinny dipping. You know, and and Char- Charlie says you hot. should never. He says you should never wear clothes, Nora. Oh. <laughs> and then in chapter twenty-two, we have the library hookup where they don't they don't fully have sex, but they almost. But do. They, they were about to. Themselves. Yeah, they were about to. They were about to. They're so um, hot, dude. Oh. They are. They are. I. I mean, I love. Obviously, January guest Poppy Alex, but I think Charlie and Nora are like objectively her hottest. I just think that they are. Kendra's like, wait, hold on. (laughs) Okay. No, like, I'll I'll give you that. Yeah. Even in that layover epilogue when they're making out in public. They're they're so horny. They just, they are. They're kind of insane. But also I I love, you know, the struggle that they have too. Because like I said, a lot of Nora's struggle is, again, finding the balance of how much to compromise for who she loves. And so for Libby, it was the the moving away. Um, And... For Charlie and Nora, Charlie is not able to go back to New York City. He's He feels like he's stuck in Sunshine Falls because of um, some family things that have been going on. His his um, his dad, who we find out is actually not his biological dad, um, had a stroke and he can't care for their business that they have in Sunshine Falls. And so he feels like he has to stay there and help their family. And so Nora feels like she can't have what she wants. She can't have her sister she can't have Charlie um, if she also wants her life in New York. And so that's like a big struggle for her there. Um, 
And there's a quote um, in chapter 20 where Nora talks about essentially like why she loves New York so much. And she says, yes, New York is exhausting. Yes, there are millions of people swimming upstream, but you're also in it together. That's why I put my career first, not because I have no life, but because I can't bear to let the one mom wanted for us to slip away because I need to know Libby and Brendan and the girls and I will all be okay no matter what because I want to carve out a piece of the city and its magic just for us. But carving turns you into a knife, cold, hard, sharp, at least on the outside. So that's kind of like a piece of why Nora is the way that she is, right? Like people think that she's cold and she's, you know, not nice, but um, she's actually a very selfless person for the people that she loves. And so um, I love that part. And then the next chapter is like Charlie really kind of comforting her and opening up um, and basically just reassuring her that um, nothing is wrong with you. Like you are, he's yeah i just love that man i love that man (laughs) i would argue that charlie is the most like stable out of all of the emily henry love interests like i was there was never a point where i was like worried about him in any shape form or fashion uh where i was like with gus i was i was worried about gus the whole time and (laughs) with alex like alex i was also like what's like you know like are you okay but with charlie i was like he's just like really stable and i think that's what nora needed um yeah I mean life. and that's not to say that that Charlie like also didn't have a difficult yeah. time it's it's more that now who he is mm-hmm. I think if we would have seen Charlie as a younger person we would have seen that mess that we love in all of our yeah, characters but yeah like Kayla said like where where he's at now like he's he's gone through that stuff he's learned from it And I know one thing that like both Kayla and I love about this book is Charlie and Nora's goodbye. Um, And it's in chapter 35. Like Kayla mentioned, like Nora has this life in New York. Charlie has his life in Sunshine Falls. They both feel like they can't really compromise and they're not going to compromise. And there's this beautiful moment where Nora says a week ago, I think I liked, or a week ago, I liked you enough to try to make this work. And then she takes a beat and she's like, but now I think I love you too much to do that. Oh, so and good. it's just such a beautiful moment because she's not going to make either of them compromise because she loves him. She's yeah. not going to make him. He's He doesn't want to do a long distance relationship. He said in the book that like that doesn't work for him. Drives him crazy. Yeah. He's tried it before. It doesn't work. And so she's not going to make him do that, even though he would because he loves her. Like they're both choosing each other. And by choosing each other, they're letting each other go. Yeah, I remember yeah. when I got towards the end of Book Lovers, like, I was like, I don't know if they're going to be together. Like, I I, I don't know. I was actually she, so scared. She, like, dragged it to the end, but, well, I don't know, drag, but, like, she made you wait till literally the very end to see if they were going to get together. But I thought that it served the story so well, because, like, uh, Kayla mentioned earlier, like, Emily Henry said that she wanted to, like, turn the small town romance trope on its head. And she really did. Because if this was any other book, and we've Nora all read books like this, there. right? Mm-hmm. Or mm-hmm. or it would have been, Nora would have came to Sunshine Falls. She would have fallen in love with that guy that she, like, met on that dating website. He would have showed yeah. her, like, small town living is for you, girl. Like, fuck the city. Uh, but mm-hmm. I, I love that Emily Henry was like, no, like, there are people that are allowed to, like, like the things that they like um mm-hmm. love the like chaos of the city. yeah like they don't love need to find the- any other deeper meaning of life 
outside of the ones they've already discovered elsewhere. So uh, that's why I just love book lovers so much. Yeah. Me too. They're the very last chapter when Charlie is able to come back to New York and he's, she's basically like, how are you here? And Charlie tells her that like, um, that Sally, Clint and Libby put together like this little PowerPoint and like they put together like a list of how to reunite soulmates. And, um, and she, he's like, they made some really compelling points. And she says, okay, well, like, what, what are the points? And he goes, such as, I'm desperate to see your Peloton in real life, and I need to know if your mattress deserves the hype, and most importantly, I'm so fucking in love with you, Nora. And I just, they're just so, I'm, like, squeezing my book. I love them so much. I love them so much. <laughs> what cuties. Ah, oh, they're and so good. that's book lovers, my fave. Okay, Kayla, tab test. Flip open to a random tab. And tell us why, what is it? Why'd you tab it? I would love to. But first, Jared. (laughs) But first, ladies and gentlemen, the leaf blower. (laughs) Okay. All right, here I go. I'm going to do this. I'm going to choose this one. What is this one? Let's see, guys. I have no idea. Okay. Oh, this is like the most random one. Um, they're talking about uh, contracts, and January says a good contract is January. Adorable. Did I say January? You did. Okay. Nora and Charlie are talking about contracts, and she says a good contract is, I think, for a moment, adorable. Charlie supplies teasing. No, comely. At bare minimum, I say charming, sexy as hell. I reply, irresistible. <laughs> They're such that's what nerds. I tapped. That's what I, that's what I opened. Oh, I love them. They're nerds and they're they are. I love them. Oh my gosh. Love them. Um, so we're gonna very quickly I shouldn't say quickly, we're gonna try and keep it brief and talk about Happy Place. Um, by the time of the airing of this episode, Happy Place is out in the world, but it is fresh in the world. So we completely understand if you would like to avoid Happy Place spoilers, duck out now. Um, but we are going to talk Happy Place for a little bit. Happy Place follows Wynne and Harriet. And similarly to uh, People Who Meet on Vacation, it's a dual timeline. Um, and it's following Harriet as she is going in present day she's going to this uh, beach house vacation home with her group of friends that she's been going to this vacation home for like 12 10 years I don't know a long time since college and they're meeting up for the summer like they do every summer but this is the first summer where she and Wynn have broken up they were in a relationship for eight years uh, but they broke up and none of their friends know so in order to not ruin the weekend for everybody they are pretending that they are still together so the past is when we see them falling in love for the first time and present is we see them fake dating second chance kind of deal yeah that's a brief brief overview of yeah what's going and on. they're like their breakup is quote unquote fresh because they've only been broken up for five months um which is interesting for a second chance romance i will say that um but yeah what did we initially rate this book when we read it we all read it as an arc um Mm -hmm. i rated it 3.75 stars i initially rated it 
four, I think. And the more I think about it, I would probably give it like a two and a half, three. <gasps> oh. Dang. I also wow. initially rated it four. I now have it at a 3.5 on my story graph. Yeah, I need to I need to change wow. it. Um, guys, listen, Happy Place had everything that makes an Emily Henry novel. Like in all of the books we just mentioned, she always tackles like grief and some like usually some sort of um, like self journey, whether it be like through mental health or it'll be like through mental health and grief simultaneously. But Happy Place just it fell extremely flat for me. Um, I think she was trying to do a little bit too much in this book, but there was like not enough execution on anything. Um, it felt like a draft to yeah. me. Yeah. Like, like I thought she was going to go back and like, yeah. oh, let me, you know, expand on this more, but it didn't. Yeah. I think the thing for me that I always say when I talk to people who finish this is that Emily Henry writes falling in love so flawlessly, so beautifully, so subtly. But I wonder if Second Chance might not be her forte because we spent almost no time watching Harriet and Wynne fall in love in this. Uh, mm-hmm. What we did see of them falling in love felt very, very rushed to me. A and lot you're of talking folk- about present day, right? Of them no, I'm sorry. I'm talking about even in past. Like oh, really? even, okay. in, even in the past, it felt very rushed to me. And Mm. felt a little disjointed. And I mean, in present day too, like, why are you guys falling for each other again? Like, I don't really understand, like, what what has changed that you want? In five months. I think that was, like, the thing. Where, like, second chance to me, like, it needs to be, for a good one, it needs to be super angsty. And there needs to have been enough time to have passed. Like, you guys have need to have built, like, almost, like, separate lives at this point. But you can't live without each other. Um and a thing that irks me so much about Happy Place, and I've heard people tell me like different interpretations of this, but I'm taking it how I viewed it at face value. Harriet is asking when, are you happy? And like this life that he just like, you know, has spent the yeah. past five months living at home. He's like building furniture. Because um, a big thing that Wynn struggles with in this book is like his own like self-worth. Like he is very self-deprecating, feels like he just isn't worth anything. He feels like he's like kind of the loser in their friend group already like he's accomplished like the least especially compared to Harriet who is a doctor which is a whole other thing Um, yeah so she's like are you happy because he's finally doing like something that he feels good about and he's like around his family who he loves so much and he's like yeah I'm like really happy and I'm like in a second chance romance I don't want to hear that you're happy I want to hear that you're miserable I think of like Elliot from love and other words yeah 12, 11 years, he, he, like, he would, if he saw Macy again, he's like, no, I'm not, like, I, like, you are the missing piece out of everything. Um, I, like, stand yeah. by my opinion that I think if Wynn and Harriet did not get back together at the end of this book, they both would have led happy, fulfilling lives without each other, which yeah. I don't want to read about two people who could be in love with other people. No. I want to read about soulmates. Seriously, like the like, whole time I was like, they don't need to, like, I was kind of hoping for them to end the book of being like, you know what? We had this relationship for like however long because there are people who who date for that long all the time and then break up and then, you know, we got what we needed from each other and then they go on to like find the loves of their, mm-hmm. their life. But yeah, like it wasn't that soulmate love that we have gotten from other Emily Henry books yeah. and I've seen people be like well you know when is it meant to be like a book boyfriend or but I'm like what what's the point then like 
this is a this mm-hmm. is marketed as like a, a rome which is a whole other thing that we could probably spend a whole episode on like how emily henry's books are like completely mismarketed at times um but i'm like no i think he was meant to be like i want to root for the the hero and the heroine like i want to feel their love and at this time i just didn't it wasn't believable uh disagreeing with you guys on one part i actually really liked the past that was probably my favorite part of i like the past too yeah was the past chapters okay well i i really liked the past chapters seeing them fall in love that was probably my favorite parts and the present is what i did you think we got enough of the past though that's what i'm saying like i I, would have liked i definitely i definitely think it could have been expounded upon for sure yeah let me clarify that that was my favorite part of the book too i just didn't think we got enough of it i'm sorry yeah that's fair enough i i and i actually really uh i don't want to say i really liked win i liked win i more because i i guess i related to what he was going through like feeling like you know your self-worth is just you know shot like I, I, I felt that, but like, yeah, with his relationship to win it, or excuse me, Harriet in the present and him being so happy, I'm like, then why are you, why are we here? No, you, you know? So that's what I think I, I struggled with. And then obviously the ending, which we can touch on later. But and, yeah. you know, this is Emily Henry's first book with like a cast of characters this mm-hmm. large that had like, um like skin in the game, I guess, like they all had like a problem and mm-hmm. I just, I, the friend group in this book was just a complete, like, miss for me. I, I read, I was reading them as friends and I'm like, I don't believe that you guys are best friends and that you've been best friends for like 10 years at this point. And you're telling me that this is the first time you guys are fighting? What? An issue in this book is that one of the friends, her name is Cleo, um, she's hiding her pregnancy and another friend, Sabrina, like no one knows that Cleo's pregnant at the time, but Serena's like, you know, like you guys, you just keep like denying my invitation to your house. So Emily Henry builds up this, like, you know, why it's Cleo, like not inviting Sabrina, like to her house. Like I thought it was going to be this like big thing. No, it's that she was like hiding baby furniture. And I was like, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. You're not going to tell your best friend that you're pregnant. And it's not like, you know, this was an accidental pregnancy or anything like Cleo's a lesbian. So her process to getting pregnant, like, is it was very planned for her um, with between her and her partner. And I'm like, the way that I would tell my best friend would know the minute I was like, this made that decision. She, I would be showing her like the sperm donors. Like I just did not believe that these people were best friends and that this was like the only fight that they had. Same with Harriet and Wynn. I'm like, you guys have been in a relationship for like eight years and you're telling me that out of all the eight years, like this is like the, the fracture and like you guys threw it away and like a quote-unquote four-minute phone call that we didn't even see yeah that which was, was so yeah. annoying um, that was another part for me that was really a struggle was the yeah. phone call because they built it up so much in mm-hmm. the present they constantly mentioned a phone call yeah and then when we got to it in the past it was, was like, like it was literally like yeah. two sentences it was like two sentences and i was like Where, what yeah a lot of i think sometimes people when they talk about people who meet on vacation, they're like, their conflict wasn't big enough. We got like a whole chapter dedicated to that conflict mm-hmm. in the past. This one was just like yeah. so minuscule and so anticlimactic that I was just like, okay. Like, and like, <laughs> that's it. I think one of the most frustrating things for me surrounding this too, and like, this isn't even really Emily Henry's fault. It's like more so the discourse around this book from early reviews is that when people are saying, when I say I don't like it, people are telling me I don't get it. I hate, no, I'm... I get it. 
I get it so much. I didn't like it. I really get it. Like, it's really frustrating because I think it's just a reminder that, like, you don't have to love every single thing that an author writes. Yeah, she can still be your favorite author, but like, guys, it's okay to admit, like, this one. It it's not gonna it's not gonna be a hit for everyone, and that doesn't Everybody, mean they don't get yeah. it. Because then I've seen people be like, "Well, maybe you don't get it because it's women's fiction." I'm like, guys, literally all of her books skew women's fiction. Like, what are you talking about? Yeah, um, or just like the, the hardcore defense of certain characters. Like when I'm giving valid criticism of why I didn't like, like it's just it's very odd. Like, yeah, I, I think it's yeah, like you said, it's okay to say if, if this is your favorite. Genuinely, I absolutely love that. Yeah, I love, I love when love people love it. Yeah, uh, yeah, but like, stop telling me that I don't understand understand it and yeah. that's why I don't like it um another reason why like I struggle with this one and like this is like becoming a personal like ick of mine I've realized in books um especially in contemporary novels this is Emily Henry's first time writing people of color in her mm. and this is like a large cast and you look at the cover of Happy yeah. Place and you see it's very obvious that like two people on the cover have brown skin so when the cover first came out uh the speculation was that the girl was going to be black mm-hmm. and like I can assume she's black because of the context clues. Like she has braids, she has brown skin, she like slept in a bonnet. But I don't want to have to assume. I want to be told. Um, And then same with like there's a character named Parth in this book. I believe that's his name. And Mm -hmm. there's another, again, brown skin character on the cover. So I'm assuming, again, that Parth is also a person of color. But Parth is so underdeveloped in this book, in this like friend group. He's just there and like... I was like, what, like, it's so, and this, again, this is not just Emily Henry. It's, it is all authors. If you are writing a, a contemporary book, just state your character's race. And there are authors who do it so well. Um, it's so simple. You can be like, this is, I'll use me as an example. This is Kendra. She's black, 24, blah, 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 blah. Especially like, if this is a friend group of this, of this size, I'm hoping that like, they are just so aware of each other's races and like, that they're, yeah. that they're talking Especially about. Especially being friends for as long as they've been. Right. Like, um, and that's like something I've started to like struggle with with Emily Henry because I don't think that like every author needs to like have a stance on stuff in their work. Like it's okay to just write about like silly like not silly stuff, but like you don't always have to like reference like political stuff or in the news and media. But I'm like, you guys are this is a multicultural, multiracial friend group, and it felt just not. I don't know. I didn't. I'm a part of a big multiracial friend. Like I have my one of my best friends is Korean. One of my best friends is Mexican. One of my, like I have, and we're constantly talking about our race and place in the world. So I just want it at least like a nod, especially since like this was her first time like actually doing it. I want, I want intention behind it. That's what I want. Yes, absolutely. It's a lot, but also, guys, I think the thing that pisses us off so much in this book, more so than anything else, is Harriet's life oh, and role as a doctor um you know we've read and have watched plenty of medical media both fictional and and not you know um as i was reading happy place i was like harriet's not giving doctor at all like giving she's a surgeon you're a surgeon yeah you're telling me this girl's a resident okay and then the resolution for her is that you know she actually doesn't like being a doctor uh, my bad surgeon and she's gonna leave to go do pottery of all things so then I'm like wait first and so I was like trying to rewind like why did she choose medicine in the first place like why did she stick it out this long there was no there was none of that there and then she just chose pottery so I'm like 
you should have never picked up a scalpel in the first place, girly, if you were able to give it up that easily. Because you would have, she would have gotten like a malpractice suit. She would have killed somebody on that table. <laughs> like, it's just, I don't know. It, that to me was just very frustrating, especially because like we talk about like part of your world all the time. Part of your world yep. in terms of like occupations uh, between the, the MMC and FMC are so doctor. similar to uh, yeah. Happy Place and like their yeah. own like uh journeys within it and i was expecting harriet to have a similar journey to alexis Mm -hmm. of like you know what like yes this is something that i was always thought i had to do but maybe i can do it differently in a way that fits me better my friend Haley. oh sorry no keep going i was gonna say my friend Haley was like i i thought she was going to work at a small practice in montana when she moved she's like i thought that that was gonna be the case i thought she was gonna decide she didn't want to do surgery she didn't want to be in this high-paced scary intense job but Mm -hmm. she still wanted to help I think that's yeah. the craziest thing is like you're going from <laughs> saving people's lives to pottery and she's like I have all these like student loans and uh, guys I will say this this I think happy place like you know a lot of um happy place to me was like this is the most like privileged like thing that a, like a person can do to have the opportunity to do is like I'm gonna leave medicine and I'm just going to go do whatever the fuck I want and do pottery, which mm-hmm. I feel like I would have believed that resolution more if someone in Harriet's life was constantly pushing her to be a doctor. If it was mm-hmm. like her family who was like, you're going to go be a doctor and that's what like you're going to do. And then, yeah. And then she chose herself. I'd be like, you know what, girl, finally do something for yourself. Take a few months off. But if you look back through Happy Place, no one told Harriet to become a doctor. Like there was no clarification on that. Yes, her parents wanted her to have a nice paying job and like go to college and like make something of herself but it was never like you're gonna go do this you're gonna do that and that's another thing i wish was explored more harriet's family like i want Mm -hmm. in every emily harry book so far in terms of her adult romances there's always a dead parent which is like and she's always exploring grief in some way but i kind of want her to like write a messy alive family and a character's relationship with that and i think harriet scratched the surface i loved the little things we got with like her mom and like her sister, but even then her sister, the re- the resolution with her sister was through text message. And I was like, so what's yeah. going on? Again, we felt felt like a draft. It felt like too short. I got to the end and I was like, this is it? Like it didn't leave me with the same feeling I got reading her other three. Um, her other three, I can't tell you what I would change in those books, nothing. And this one, I'm like, I have a whole list, like who's willing to, to listen. And I can go on and on and on. I just was so disappointed am i still going to keep reading her books am i going to like foam at the mouth when the next one gets announced absolutely but you know she's going to continue to grow her backlist and this is just it's just this is just is what this is what is going to happen as authors continue to grow her their backlist like it's like christina lauren their backlist mm-hmm. is big some hits. not every some, some hits and some misses and i think you know with emily henry we are we got a miss and that's okay. And hopefully the next one's a okay. hit. That's okay, yeah. But maybe it won't be that. But to have three out of four be, like, spectacular, what? that's still really impressive. Um, I don't – I haven't seen a singular non-Emily Henry stand say they loved Happy Place. Like, every person that I've seen say they love Happy Place is, like, a self-identified Emily stand. So yeah. I'm really, really excited for this to hit shelves. I want to hear from the people who aren't, like, diehard Emily Henry stands. Yeah, well, I, I think I – I was like one for sure, and then we've been and having I think all I these still, like we can still say yeah, we are. yeah. Like, that's not a perfect circle. Not every yeah, 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 yeah. 
loved Happy Place, but every person who loved Happy Place is an Emily Isn't Emily Henry Stan. That's yeah, that's it. Cause mm-hmm. that's why I like made a TikTok and I was like, here am I I just no jump scares when this book comes out. Cause like I won't have anything nice to say about it. And I won't like with book lovers and every and people, like I was like, I couldn't shut up. I was so annoying. But with this one, it's like mm-hmm. I, I didn't like it, you guys. And the more I think about it, the more I don't like it. And we've said constantly that like if this book was written by anybody else, we would have been like, you know what? Solid. Yeah, solid. Exactly. Like I would read anything else that author put out, but it was Emily Henry. And going back to what we said in the beginning, like she's taking up a lot of space right now within the romance genre, and she has set her bar incredibly high. And I think it's so. And if she's gonna set her bar that high, then I'm gonna. Th- those are my expectations. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, that's where it's gonna be. So again, I hope the next book is fantastic. I would also love to see her just like explore a little more outside of the themes that she's already constantly explored such as grief like i want to read about her writing about something else i also would love to see her continue to write people who aren't writers but now i'm scared because she wrote harriet as a doctor and i was like that's not a doctor that's like a kid who played operate that's a kid who played operation like this is not so yeah i because again like there are so many authors who are so good like i think taylor jenkins reed is a really good example. Well, she's not a romance author, but like she's really good at just writing so many different professions. And you can tell she researches so, so, so much. Another really good researcher, I think, is like Sophie Lark. Like she will like research down for her novels. Um, so yeah, I just I expect more of Emily Henry, but I'm still gonna be rocking with Emily Henry. Cause again, yeah. she wrote three of my favorite books of all time. So like or four if I count a million Junes. So yeah, so we'll talk more maybe about Happy Place down the line. Um, we can't wait to hear your thoughts about it. If you disagree with us, would love to it's hear okay. about it. Yeah. Why. Yeah, like let us know in the comments. Um, we are at uh, Bring Your Own Pod on Instagram. You can find all of our personal bookstagrams on that page as well. Uh, and yeah, so we love Emily Henry. We, we will remain fans. Please don't yes. take this last little bit without realizing that we spent an hour and a half talking about how much we love her. Um, so, yeah, that was our first author yeah. spotlight. So much and fun. And we hope to do many more featuring more of our yes. favorite authors and their books. We love them so much. Um, and this was so fun, guys. And if you've made fun. it this far, you are a trooper. So thank you. you are. We love you. Bye. Bye. Bye.